Welcome to Parker Memorial's podcast of the 8.30 a.m. service. Our service includes modern-style worship and an on-time message from God's Word. This week, we continue our year-long study into revival by Dr. Mac Amos. Now, here's this week's message. We've been focusing on the theme, Kingdom Living in a Lost or Fallen World. Kingdom Living in a Lost our fallen world. And we're coming to understand that the example of kingdom living is Jesus. Because when Jesus Christ came into this world, he came to invade this world, this lost, fallen world, with the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. He came to bring that into the world. And he came to reveal what the kingdom of heaven is all about. So whenever you study the life of Jesus and you understand about the life of Jesus, he begins to manifest, we talked about last week, or to make known and help us to realize and understand what the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is all about. His life, his priority, his emphasis, all of that is what the priority or emphasis of heaven is all about. And so we're going to study that, and we're going to focus in on that to seek to know more and more about the invasion of the kingdom of heaven, what it is that the kingdom of heaven calls us to live like in this fallen world that we live in as well. Last week, we saw three things that he manifested. One is he manifested, this is in John, you remember John chapter 1 and 2, he manifested the glory of God, how? By doing miracles and signs. He turned the water to wine, and he did many other miracles. And through those miracles, whenever something has happened that's not natural, something that happened that didn't happen in the fallen world, then they began to realize that this one, this one Jesus, is, is other than this world. He is a manifestation. He is the realization of God among us, or the kingdom of heaven among us. And man, what a, what a powerful thing that is that that they would discover and understand the glory of God. The glory of God. Have you sensed the glory of God? Have you seen the glory of God? Have you realized the glory of God in your life? And I hope that, I hope that you have in regard to it. He also helped us to understand, though, the passion of heaven. Remember what the passion of heaven was? It's when he went in and did what? He cleaned out the temple. Because they had moved the marketplace into the temple. And they had lost the fact that there was a genuineness of worship. And, and he helped them to understand that worship is a priority in heaven. And the purity of worship was important in heaven. The priority and purity of worship. And if we're going to, to invade this world with the kingdom of heaven, we're going to have to have a priority and purity in our worship of Almighty God. And Jesus cleaned out the temple to help them to understand the priority and purity of worship. Wow. He also helped us to understand something else. In the very beginning of his ministry, he helped us to understand his ultimate destiny. You remember that? It's whenever they said, show us a sign. And he said, if you will destroy this temple in three days, I will what? I will raise it up. They thought he was talking about that earthly temple that, took 46 years. He wasn't talking about that. They later would come to understand that he was talking about from the very beginning of his ministry about his death, burial, 
and resurrection. At his temple, the body, that if it was destroyed, put to death, that in three days it would be raised. And at the end of his ministry and through his death and burial and resurrection, they came to understand that from the very beginning, he helped us to understand his ultimate destiny of death and resurrection. Well, he's not through manifesting himself. So let's see some other things that he is manifesting about the kingdom of heaven. There in your Bibles, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 2. John, chapter 2, the last few verses of chapter 2, Jesus helps us to realize that in heaven, there is an understanding of who man is. There's an understanding of who man is. Not just men in general, but each and every one of us. Listen to what it says there in beginning in verse 23 of chapter 2 of John. It says, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, beholding his signs which he was doing. Listen to verse 24 and 5. But Jesus on his part was not entrusting himself to them. Underline this phrase. For he knew all men. He was not entrusting himself because he knew all men. Then listen to verse 25. And because he did not need anyone to bear witness concerning man, for he himself knew what was in man. Do you hear what it says about Jesus and and about the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven knows all about men. He knows all men. In heaven, every man is known. Every person is known. You are known in the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because God created you to begin with. All right? He created you. You're only here because God created you and brought you into this world. He knows every intricate detail about you. He made you exactly the way he made you. He knows the journey that you have He knows all men. And one thing he knows about all men, hold on a second. That's why Jesus wasn't entrusting himself to anyone. He knows that all men, women, boys, and girls are sinners. You need to write that down. What does he know about it? He knows we are sinners. Even the best of us are sinners, right? All of us have sinned. And therefore, because he knows that all of us are sinners... That caused the kingdom of heaven to go into motion and to move into a plan whereby sinners might be redeemed. He knew all men. But he didn't say he just knew all men in verse 25. He said that he knew what was in man. What is in man? Sin. What's in man? Sin is in us. Therefore, Jesus knew he couldn't entrust himself to any man because we have sin in our life. As much as we want to be good, if we're not careful, it seems as though sin just kind of dominates and controls. It has a way of twisting that which is even good in us, isn't it? Sometimes we can do something good and we can be so proud that we did something good. Or we can do something good and there's an ulterior motive we don't even realize is there in the depths of our heart. Sin is just permeating us and moving in us and Jesus and the kingdom of heaven knows what's in us, that it's sin. That's why he left the throne of heaven to come and to deal with our problem, to deal what with, is with, with what is in us, that's sin. In, in, verse, in chapter 5, verse 42, Jesus reveals a little bit more about what he knows about men. He said this, 
as he was speaking to the leaders of that day. But I know you that you do not have the love of God in yourselves. Once again, he says, I just know you. The kingdom of heaven is not surprised by you. The kingdom of heaven knows everything about you. And the amazing thing, the amazing grace of God is even though he knows everything about us, he didn't mark us off. He didn't put us aside. He didn't say it's done, but rather he comes to redeem us. Now, you ought, to be, you ought to make this personal now, not just biblical. Make this personal that he knows everything about you. He knows all that is in you, but he still loved you enough to leave the throne of heaven to come here to be the sacrifice for you. That's called the love of God. I don't know if you feel love today. You ought to feel love today, all right? Even if your dog bit you, you still ought to feel love today. Because in the kingdom of heaven, you are loved, and you are, you are such that if it were just you, he would have left the throne to pay the price for you because he knew what was in you, and he knows you, and he knows you have a need. That's what it tells us about. That's what he manifests about the kingdom of heaven, that he knows us. He knows every one of us. Then that brings us to chapter 3. I hope you realize that chapter 3 of John is probably the most pivotal and significant verses and chapter in the Bible. If there's one verse that everybody will know, it will be John 3, 16. Isn't that interesting? It's 3.16. Because why? Because chapter 3 is one of the most significant passages in all the Bible. And you know what it manifests? Hold on a second. Don't miss this. It manifests to us the way to the kingdom of heaven. That's what we want to know. Amen? How do I get to go to heaven? How do I get to have eternal life? How do I go to the kingdom of God? Chapter 3 of John is how we find out and how Jesus makes known to us that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven. So you need to circle that in red in your Bibles and you need to focus on what he says because that's what you need to know and what every person needs to know. How do you enter into the kingdom of heaven? Well, the chapter begins telling us a man named Nicodemus. He comes to see Jesus. In verse 2, it says that he came by night. Now, I've heard everybody discuss, well, why did he come by night? Was he afraid here? Was he there? Let me tell you something. I don't care why he came. (laughs) It doesn't really matter to me why he came by night. I am so glad Nicodemus came. I'm so glad he came and he asked Jesus uh, an important question because whenever he asked that question, Jesus was able to very clearly reveal to all of us how you can enter the kingdom of heaven. Thank God for Nicodemus. Amen? Thank God that he came by day or by night to ask about Jesus and who he is. Now, listen to what he says about Jesus in verse verse 2 of of John 3. And this man came to him by night and said to him, here's what he said, Rabbi, We know that you have come from God as a teacher. Stop right there. What did he say? We know that you have come from, where's God? Where's God in their mind? In heaven. (laughs) We know that you have been sent by God from heaven. So hold on a second. Right there, Nicodemus is already saying this. 
that you're going to teach us and you're revealing to us things about the kingdom of heaven. You're showing us and doing things that aren't naturally happening in the world. So you originated in the kingdom of heaven. You were sent by God. Listen, we know that you have come from God as a teacher. Now, he didn't have a full understanding of who Jesus was. At that time, he calls him rabbi, which means teacher. He says that you are the teacher. He doesn't understand who Jesus is at this time, that Jesus is the Savior, that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Redeemer of the world. He's the one who's going to die and pay the price for sin. He doesn't understand all that. He just simply knows that he is from God. He is from the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and, and he wants to learn some things from him. Now, Nicodemus is going to eventually know who Jesus is fully. Isn't it interesting that this man coming by night is also there at the cross taking him off with Joseph of Arimathea and placing him in the tomb that was provided for Jesus. Nicodemus is at the beginning and he's at the end. So he's had a progression of understanding who Jesus is. Right now, he doesn't know much about Jesus as far as what he is as far as the Messiah, but he certainly knows that he is from God. Listen to what else he says. You're from God as a teacher. No one can do these miracles or signs that you do unless God is with him. How does he know that he is from the kingdom of heaven? How does he know he's from God? Because the glory of God was revealed. How? In the miracles and the signs. The glory and the power of God. And these miracles. So when these signs are happening, these miracles are taking place, grabs hold of Nicodemus' heart, and he said, this man is from God. This couldn't happen unless God was with him. God had sent him. And Nicodemus is drawn to go and to talk with this one Jesus about God and the kingdom of God. So he says, I don't know all about it, but I know that you've been sent from God. Now, notice what Jesus does. He gets immediately into the point of how you enter the kingdom of heaven. How do you do that? He tells Nicodemus in verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. All right? Now, a couple of things here. You're going to find in the book of John, he uses the statement, truly, truly. Now, that, that statement is very important because it's something that, that emphasizes the importance of what is said. Now, remember this. God is a God who cannot lie. It's not, in the, it's not even the ability of God. He's holy. He cannot lie. He is a truthful God. Therefore, what Jesus would say anytime is truth, right? And if he said, here's the, what, the God who cannot lie and going to speak the truth. If he said truly one time, he'd emphasize it twice. The God who cannot lie has say and truly believe this. But when he says it truly, truly, he emphasizes in three parts that three times he says the truthful God is truly, truly saying something. That means this is important. That means you write this down. That means you live by this. That, that, that means that this is something in your life that you need to build around. You can bank on it. You got it? So John says that Jesus said, truly, truly. What, what is this great statement? What is this thing we can bank on? Truly, truly, I say to you, 
unless one is born again. Unless one is born again. Flipping that around, you must be born again. If you are going to see, see the kingdom of heaven. Now, a few years ago, it seemed like it took the power and the wind out of being born again. You remember that? I mean, whenever, especially when President Carter became uh, president and he was a born-again Christian, everything's about born again, born again, born again, born again. And everybody almost got to be afraid to be talking about being born again. Let me tell you what, being born again is a great statement. It's the one Jesus made, amen? And it says that you must be born again. It, it can mean, it, it means something more than what you and I think. It, it literally means to be born from above. To be born again means to be born from above. And Jesus said, if you're going to even see the kingdom of heaven, you're going to have to be born again or birthed from above. So being born again is a good statement, amen? Matter of fact, if you go to the foreign mission fields, they will tell you that one of the distinct things that you need to ask people when you're asking them whether or not they're Christian. Many people say, yes, I'm Christian, yes, I'm Christian. You don't ask them whether or not they're Christian because they may think they're Christian because they're part of that country. They may think they're Christian because they're part of the Catholic Church. They may think they're Christian because everybody's supposed to be. You don't ask them whether or not they're Christian. You ask them whether or not they are born again. Have you been born again? That is the distinction of what Jesus said you must do to see the kingdom of heaven. Now, he says this. You must be born again if you're going to see the kingdom of heaven. How do you see the kingdom of heaven? He's not talking about that you're going to go there and see the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about you literally can see the kingdom of heaven. How do you see the kingdom? What is the kingdom of heaven? Where is the kingdom of heaven? Well, it's in a realm we haven't seen, and it's in the invisible realm. Isn't that true? The kingdom of heaven is the invisible realm. Jesus said later in John 18, he says, My kingdom is not a kingdom of this world. If it were a kingdom of this world, my men would be fighting on my behalf. But my kingdom is not of this world. It is of another world. It's the invisible world. God is spirit, and those who worship him worship him in spirit and in truth. The kingdom of heaven is in the spiritual world. So how do you have the ability to see the spiritual world. How do you realize and know that the kingdom of heaven is real? Because you are born again. And how are you born again? We'll find out in a minute. Because you have faith in Jesus Christ. And would you put, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you trust Jesus in what he says, then you are birthed into the kingdom of God and God gives you the ability to see with the eyes of faith that the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is real. See, I, I know the kingdom of God is real. The kingdom of God is more real to me than this world. It is, it's more real to me than this world. It has a greater impact upon me than this world. I am led by the kingdom of heaven, by the kingdom of God. And, and I can see that, and I know that. Why? Because I've been born again. 
And whenever I'm born again by faith in Jesus, my eyes have been opened, and now that which was invisible and impossible to understand is visible to me and real to me. And I don't understand why it's not real to everybody, but for the person who has not been born again, has not put their faith in Christ, it is like an imaginary thing they can't grasp. And they're like, how do you know it's real? Just put your faith in Jesus. Just be born again. Just do what he says, and you will find out that it is real. And it is of God. And the kingdom of heaven is real. You can't see it with your eyes, but you can see it with your eyes of faith. And that's what Jesus said. Unless you're born again, you won't be able to see the kingdom of heaven. But if you are born again... You can see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus is just like us. When he heard that, he had to ask a question. He said, how can a man be born when he is old? I'm glad he asked that question. He he cannot go a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? I mean, it's a very practical question. He's born again. Well, that's that's impossible, Jesus. It's, It's not possible for a man to go back into his mother's womb and be born. Is that what you're talking about, being born again? I'm so glad Nicodemus asked that. A lot of people wouldn't ask that. You know, they'd say, well, I don't want to ask a silly question. There is no silly question when you want to know something, amen? <laughs> I'm glad Nicodemus asked that. Well, what, do you, what, do you mean by, what do you mean by being born again? What are, you, what are you talking about? That's what he says. How can that happen? He answers it there in verse 5. Here's those words again. Jesus said, what did he say? Look in your Bible. Truly, truly, you can bank on it, write it down, believe it, live on it, apply it to your life. Truly, truly, I say to you, here's what he says about being born again. One is born of, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He has to have two births. There have to be two births. Now, what is he talking about? Unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, they cannot enter the kingdom of God. Well, there are two primary interpretations of that, and both are very applicable. The first one is that when he talks about one must be born of water, he is talking about physical birth, the physical birth. Now, you ladies, you, you all know about this, and we men know nothing about it except what somebody told us and what we were observing. But when a baby is about to be born, we know that the mother's water, hey, y'all know about that, don't you? Now, now wh- why is that called the water break? Because when the child comes forth, comes forth with fluid like water. And, and, and he said, Somebody has to be born. If you're going to be born the first time, you're going to be born by water. You're going to have a physical birth. Your mama is going to give birth to you, and you've been born the first time. But you can't just be born physically. You're going to have to be born spiritually. You've got to be born spiritually. You've got to be born again. You know why? Because whenever you can't, hold on a second. Don't let me lose you. Punch somebody near you. Wake them up just a second. Wake them up. I can see they're sleepy right this morning. Hold on a second. You got to be born a second time. You know why? Because when you were born the first time, you weren't fully brought to life. Did you hear that? Hold on a second. 
When you were born the first time, only part of you came to life. There was a part of you that was still dead, still not responsive. You know what I'm talking about? You have three parts of you. You're a body, you're a soul, and you're a spirit. Your body you can see. Whenever you're born the first time, it came to life. Amen? And you are a soul, a personality, your mind, your emotion, your will. When you were born the first time, all that came to life. But you're a spirit. And it says that we were all born in sin. And that sin means that we're dead. We were dead spiritually. We're dead spiritually. Now, for a little baby, they're not held responsible for that. But whenever you grow up, you find out you are dead. You find out you're a sinner. You don't have a relationship with God. You've got to have something else to bring you alive so that you're totally alive. And that is the Spirit of God has to come into your heart and you are born again. And when you're born again, you are fully alive until you are born again, until the Spirit of God comes into you and your spirit comes alive, you're just two-thirds of a person. That's all you are is just two-thirds of a person. And most of the world only understands what it is to be two-thirds of a person. Where those who are born again know what it is to be alive. So they're born physically and born spiritually. It also, it also can apply to, to John the Baptist. John the Baptist, when John came preaching in preparation for Jesus to, to come in as the Messiah, John preached the baptism of repentance. People lined up and, and they were all being baptized to repent of their sins. Even the Pharisees were coming out to, to repent of their sins. But repentance of sin is not all there is to be Entering the kingdom of heaven. It's not just repentance of sin, but there must be the repentance of sin and the new creation of Christ Jesus in you. That you have become a new creation. Old things passed away, new things have come. And how does that happen? Because the Spirit of God comes to live within you. It's not enough just to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, baptize me, I'm sorry. That was John's baptism. That was a water baptism of repentance. That's necessary, but that's not all. you got to also be born of the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of God comes to live within you. So he said to Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, listen, you got to be born again, and being born again means that you are born of water and of the Spirit, and if you are born again, then you can, hold on a second, what does it say? You cannot just see the kingdom of heaven. You can what? What does your Bible say? Look at it. You can what? Not just see the kingdom of heaven. You what? You can enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you want to just see it? I don't want to just see it. I want to enjoy it. Amen? I don't want to just see what you get. I want to, I want to be a part of it. Amen? And he says that when you're born again, and you're born both by water and by spirit, now you can enter the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Verse 7, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Don't marvel about that. Now, this is what happens here. When he says in verse 8, he says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. But do not know where it comes from or where it's going. 
So is everyone who is born of the Spirit of God. What in the world does that mean? Why did he throw that in there? You ever wonder why he threw that in? What's he talking about the wind? What's that got to do with being born again? You, you know what he's talking about? He's, ta- he's telling Nicodemus. Nicodemus, and later he'll say, you're one of the teachers of the, of the Pharisee. You're a Pharisee. You're one of the teachers. You're one of the people who's supposed to be the most learned. You don't know a whole lot about spiritual things, obviously. That's what he, he says. But he, he says, listen, don't, don't marvel that I said that you've got to be born again. Don't marvel at this. Don't, don't feel like you've got to understand it all. Have you ever shared the gospel with somebody and said, well, I just, I just don't understand it all. If you're waiting until you understand it all, you're going to miss the boat, okay? You, you're not going to. I've, I've been walking with the Lord for 55 years or 56 years, something like that. I don't understand it all yet. I've been to seminary, got all kinds of degrees. I don't understand it all yet. Amen? There's more I don't understand than I do understand. But what Jesus said to Nicodemus Nicodemus, don't marvel at it, and don't be concerned about it, and don't feel like you've got to understand it. you just got to do it. And he says, the reason I want you to understand that is, he says, Nicodemus, what do you understand about the wind? You understand? Nicodemus, can you explain why the wind blows? Can you explain why the wind blows this way one time and it'll blow that way another time? Can you understand why it blows a little bit and then other times it blows mighty hard? Can you understand where the wind comes, how it originates? Do you understand the wind? And Nicodemus would have said, no, I don't understand the wind. I don't understand the wind. But he says, but Nicodemus, do you feel it? Do you hear it? Do you see the effect of it? You don't have to understand it. To realize it's true, it's real. When it comes to being born again, don't wait till you understand everything. Just believe the one who said, truly, truly, this is it. Don't try to figure it out. Just do it. If you want to see the kingdom of heaven, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, if you want to be a part of the kingdom of heaven, if you want the kingdom of heaven to innovate your life, just do it. Don't, don't think that you got to figure it out. <laughs> he goes on and says this. Nicodemus answered and said, how can these things be? <laughs> Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Now, at this point, Jesus is about to reveal something very important. Hold on a second. Who is this man speaking to Nicodemus? He said, hey, I know you're from God. I know, I know you're from God. I know God sent you. I know whatever. But Jesus is about to reveal where he's from. He, he's going to make it very clearly where he is from. Where is Jesus from? How is Jesus different from you? Big difference. Where he's from. Look, look what he says right here. He says, verse 11, truly, truly, there's those words again. I say to you, we speak that which we know. Jesus said, what I'm speaking, I know to be true. And bear witness of that which we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. He says, in other words, what I know, I know I know. And what I've seen, I've seen personally. Now listen to what he says, verse 12. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe them, how shall you believe if I tell you 
heavenly things. How can he tell heavenly things? Because why? Because why? Because why? Because he's been there. You can't talk about some place you've never been. You can't speak of things you've never experienced. So he says, if I'm going to speak to you heavenly things, he's saying what? I am from heaven. Now, hold on a second. That's the difference between you and Jesus. You did not, you did not, like the Mormons want to make you believe, and this is not true, you didn't exist in heaven, and then you were sent here to the earth, and then you're going to go back to heaven, and when you get up there, you're going to remember you used to be up there. That's not where you came from. Do you know how you came from? God created you with the seed of your mother, sperm of your father, brings that together and creates you. And the first time you have life is when that first heartbeat comes in that womb. That was your origination. But that's not true with Jesus. Jesus preexisted. He was eternal God. He was there, we talk about, in creation. And he was in heaven. And he came from heaven. He knows what's in heaven. He's been to heaven. He can tell you all about heaven. He can tell you how to get to heaven. He's letting you know where he's from. And listen to what he says in verse 13. And no one has ascended into heaven, but he who descended from heaven, even the Son of Man. Do you hear what? Who is he? He's the Son of Man. Who's he talking about himself? He says, who is the one who's going to ascend to heaven? Only the one who has descended from heaven. You say, well, now, I remember some people in the Bible. I remember Enoch. It said that he, he, wasn't, he, you know, he wasn't here, and, and he, he, he went to be with God. You know, I remember Enoch said so he ascended. No, he didn't. He couldn't ascend unless he descended. <laughs> he arrived for the first time. Amen? But he ascended because he He couldn't ascend because he hadn't descended. Jesus descended from heaven, and therefore, at the ascension, he ascended back to heaven. He was returning where he came from. Enoch had never been there before, just like you haven't. Big difference. But what did Jesus say? The one who is speaking to you has been from heaven. The one who's speaking to you has seen heaven. The one who's speaking to you knows about the kingdom of heaven. The one who's speaking to you knows the way to the kingdom of heaven. And the way to the kingdom of heaven is you must be born again. You must be born from above. You must have life in the Lord. Wow. Now, we're going to wait to tell you the rest of it next week. Because you know what the rest of it is next week? We get to John 3, 16. Remember that verse? And you know what Jesus is going to talk about? He's going to talk about something that, that, that should surprise you and excite you and thrill your heart. We take it for granted so very, very much, but you shouldn't let it. He, he's, going to talk, he's going to tell us how long, how long do you live in the kingdom of heaven? How long do you live in the kingdom of heaven? Eternal life. Never heard that before. Nobody ever heard that before. Till Jesus comes and says, listen, 
When you go to the kingdom of heaven, you live forever. You live forever. But not just length of life. It's the eternal quality of life. I'm going to tell you, friend. Jesus, I think, knows a little bit about heaven. What do y'all think? I think he knows a little bit about heaven. I think he knows a little bit about what we're supposed to be living like in this world regarding the kingdom of heaven. But the question is, have you seen the kingdom of heaven? Is it real to you? Is it real to you because you've been born again? Do you know that if you died today that you would enter into the kingdom of heaven? If you died today, you'd enter into the kingdom of heaven because you've been born again. Say, I don't, I don't understand it all. You don't have to understand it all. He told Nicodemus that. Don't wait till you understand it all. Just believe what Jesus said. The God who cannot lie says, truly, 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 truly. Three times. You must be born again. You must be born from above. You must be born physically. You must be born spiritually. You must repent, but you must have a new creation in Christ Jesus. Are you born again? If not, you can be today. Amen. Jesus invites you to come. He already knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows every sin you've ever committed, every need you ever had, every longing of your heart. He knows everything about you. And he knew all that and came and died on the cross to meet your need and pay the price for your sin. You must be born again. Have you been? Do it today. Do it today. That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon dash series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.